Welcome to Netflix Horror Podcast. It has been a little bit, but we are back and ready like ever, never before. And we're going to talk about Hereditary today. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yes. Cult favorite, I think. Mm-hmm. Modern, modern cult favorite. <laughs> so I, her- I feel like it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> So Hereditary came out in 2018, so four years ago, and was directed by Ari Aster and produced by A24. Everyone loves A24. <laughs> At least I do. I feel like most of the videos that we've covered so far have been A24. Yeah, because they're just putting them out like Actually, crazy. They're just they just keep are. on going. <laughs> um, they had a budget of $10 million and made about $80 million at the box office, so... Yeah, seventy million in profit. <laughs> nice. Can't argue with that. So, um, let's see. Um, the film stars Tony Collette, Alex Wolf of the Naked Brothers Band. If anybody remembers that, <laughs> um, Gabriel Byrne, and introduced Millie Shapiro uh, at film debut. I'm pretty sure um, they did some theater before this. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So. Um, In general summary, uh, just a real quick little short tidbit here. Um, We have when the grandmother of a family passes away, Annie, played by Toni Collette, is forced to deal with grief while uncovering terrifying and horrible secrets about her family. And let's just say her mother's passing is just the beginning. (laughs) You can say that again. (laughs) Yeah, truly. So yes, there are uh, some spoilers um, and trigger warnings, so... Hereditary is a very heavy movie emotionally. There's heavy topics, um, especially family trauma, death, and yeah. Yeah, especially um, you know the feeling is very heavy. The topics are very heavy, and then the visuals mm-hmm. are. For me, when I saw this, it was things that I had not really seen portrayed in such a intense way mm-hmm. that felt mm-hmm. like real life as this movie yes (laughs) okay so i think you know we can kind of get into our initial thoughts but um there will be spoilers i'm guessing oh probably yeah i mean let's just do a blanket statement of spoilers if you haven't seen this first of all what are you doing go do it (laughs) um but yeah if you want to hang out gotta watch a movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay so i didn't watch this movie until this year actually (laughs) like i feel like a month ago now um during spooky season which is the best time to watch it of course but it had been so hyped up as like this is the scariest movie um people have ever seen and like everyone i asked if they would watch it again, they were like, absolutely not. And so I had those kind of preconceived notions of like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be terrifying. This is gonna be the scariest movie I see. So I was like really nervous and scared to watch it. But I think like, because I mentally prepped myself for it to be like the worst ever, <laughs> instead of just being like, oh yeah, just like, you know, go watch them, see what happens. Like, um, I, you know, I, I love this movie. 
good, visually stunning. Um, acting is incredible. Like that's an understatement, but it's so good. Um, you can feel every emotion. Uh, but in terms of like, so it wasn't like as scary as I thought it was going to be in the sense of like, there's not body horror in the sense of like a slasher film, but there's like, the horror that is there is like super intense. Yeah. It was more disturbing, I think, than, than scary. Although after I watched it, I found myself thinking about it a lot more than I I would other movies. And then I'm like, okay, I'm still thinking about this. Like, I, I appreciate it more. And we can also talk about the things that were scariest to each of us. Yeah. Because I feel like they might be different. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw this movie in 2018 in theaters when it came out. Probably pretty close to when it first came out. So, I, re- I don't really remember because this was a long time ago but um i'm pretty sure like i just remembered hearing that it was very good and that i had to see it and i was like okay so i went into it not really knowing anything which is how i like to go into horror movies (laughs) um but uh when i first saw it i remember being like really surprised like i said by how much they showed and the way that they showed it but i don't i I think i found it more creepy and disturbing Mm -hmm. than than scary um and especially, like, towards the end of the movie was just, like, um, one of those things where you're just kind of, like, jaw-dropped seeing what's happening in front of you. Um, yes. And re-watching it this time, I had, like, forgotten about some of the things that happened, especially in the middle of the movie. But I think, like, watching it a second time, I admire it more as a, as a film. So mm-hmm. I had a really great time breaking it down, which I have so much to say. So we'll get to that. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to hear all of like the things that you found watching it a second time. Yeah, I haven't watched it a second time. I I think I will, um, and I want to because I feel like watching it a second time, I'm going to pick up a lot more stuff now that I know what's going to happen at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's, yeah, that, that ending is, is pretty, yeah, pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So, yeah, so the, the movie is um, definitely a slow burn kind of movie. Mm-hmm. I personally really like slow, bur- slow, slow burn horror, um, as long as it's done well, because, you know, if it's not, it's just agonizing. Yeah. Like, why am I watching this? Um. But because the drama aspect of the movie is so good, the the descent into darkness is really nice because um, really if you break it up, like, there's like an hour of the movie where you're just kind of vibing, you're getting to know people, and then like, really traumatic incident, and then it kind of is like, and then the last 15 minutes is just wild. Yeah. <laughs> Where it all tries to kind of tie it together. But like, Ari Aster has a really good way of building suspense in like a traditional way. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, 
I think you were talking about in our in our secret little saucy little notes page. <laughs> um, you were talking about um, comparing it to Midsummer. Yes. Yeah. So. Which I mean, obviously, because the director is the same, but. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, I don't want to be that person. Be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna compare, but I I am gonna compare. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yes, they were made by the same person, and Midsummer was done after Hereditary. I like Hereditary more. I feel like it's original of a story. Uh, in terms of <laughs> folklore, so I don't know if it's just me, but like the folklore that I have seen, I don't really know how I feel about it. Like I. I don't super duper love it. Um, I feel like I I would if it's done well. Like mm -hmm. I really liked The Wicker Man, and I think that's considered folklore. Um, and I I haven't seen things like Salem's Lot, which I need to, and like other folklore. But like I also don't like The Witch, which is folklore. Oh, I love The Witch. Which, <laughs> I know. I know everybody loves The Witch. But like I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then Men. Uh, oh, I didn't also... like that movie very much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it has that folklore element mm -hmm. um, that felt kind of like out of nowhere. Yeah, I agree. And I think Hereditary is like, it, for a folklore, and I'm not really a good judge of this because I, <laughs> I have a hard opinion about folklore, but <laughs> I think Midsummer got the folk um, down a little bit better, mm -hmm. in my opinion, whereas, like, yes, there's elements of Paimon, who is the god of mischief, but, like, the story, I feel, holds it on its own, kind of, with, well, mm -hmm. I don't know, like, it's a big part of it, right? Right. On one hand, on the other hand, it's, like, I feel like it could stand on its own, and, like, insert whatever kind of position like yeah. deity in there you know what i mean mm -hmm. um yeah this is very specific yeah. yeah and i i think um I, on that i think that midsummer kind of does like a different job of incorporating mm -hmm. the full core than hereditary which is what you were saying like midsummer mm -hmm. is very clear and very um like almost kind of like knock you over the head about its intentions and i think yeah. hereditary is a little bit more like um hung back a bit about mm -hmm. it where like mm -hmm. the first time i watched it i was just kind of like okay like i really don't understand what was happening but yeah. um not like i don't understand what happened but like I didn't know I felt like, the same way you know I like, like I didn't really get it I, I really don't get it yeah but then seeing like the second time and knowing what's about to happen and like looking for stuff because I was specifically looking for stuff because that's what I do um yeah. I saw so much more that was like in there <laughs> that like I think on a first watching you don't necessarily notice as like oh this is like something that I'm gonna see later but you you take it in and it kind of like preps you and primes you for what you're about to experience so I think mm -hmm. that that's that's pretty cool and I think that um hereditary benefits much more from a second watching than Midsummer ever will yeah I agree with that yeah I like I like... don't feel like I need to watch Midsummer again <laughs> I don't either I, I really don't like some like the visuals some of the scenes are very visually 
sounding and stuck in my head mm-hmm. like I wouldn't rewatch it like I would yeah mm-hmm. yeah I I agree and um there were definitely things I picked up on the first time watching like the little symbols yeah near the car accident and then um bubbles and stuff but I didn't Oh, what they meant. I'm like, okay, these are the symbols, but yeah, cool. <laughs> what? what do they mean? What is this? And um, and then we get like that really, really small second of her um opening the page and talking about Haman. Um, mm-hmm. but I think what both Midsummer and Hereditary have is cults and oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's there's definitely some commentary on cults. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I would say so. Yep. Yep. So let's see. Um I don't know. So I guess at the beginning we can just talk about that. I guess. Um we start out with um the grandmother of this family and the mother of the main I would say she's the main character. Um mm-hmm has died in some way we she just says it's because she's old and that's kind of all we get from it um you know they're at a funeral it's really awkward she's talking about how her mom was very distant and had secret rituals which mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> um and then you know um the kids are attending, but it seems like they don't really have the best relationship with the grandmother, except for the youngest child, um, Charlie, who seems that she has a pretty good relationship with her, whereas the rest of the family is either indifferent or just does not Mm -hmm. have good feelings towards her at all. Um, And, you know, we're kind of just watching this family deal with that grief for a little while and the daughter is dealing with it she's not really sad but she's kind of just it seems like she's kind of just confused about how she's supposed to feel at least that's what i got from it um yeah and she's you know going to support groups and talking about how she's lost her father she's lost her brother she's lost her mother and Um, a yeah. whole long monologue about all of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And so this just kind of reminds me of, like, the juxtaposition of, like, this funeral that's happening and then the funeral that later happens. Mm-hmm. And honestly, they happen, I think, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline, but I feel, like, very close to each other. And I'm like, this poor woman this poor family like, yeah the first time um and you even get the the husband uh the father's name i forget what his name is um steve steve yes um come into peter's room and it's like how you feel and he's like meh, meh. yeah and they're <laughs> like means, yeah we get it <laughs> yeah yeah so like uh but then the second time when it was like someone closer to them and someone in their immediate family and there was like a lot of trauma associated with it because you know for a grandmother older, it's kind of like expected that they would yeah like die before someone young would like mm-hmm. that's just kind of how we as humans I think think it should be mm-hmm. but that's not always what happens 
And so you juxtapose that to like a, a death that is super traumatic and like very close to the family and it like tears them apart. And Annie has gone through so much in her life. Mm-hmm. This is just like it implodes on its, you know? Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so, I mean, I guess we can just go straight to that. Um, yeah. We've got the teenage son. I would say he's probably like a junior or senior in high school. Um, he wants mm-hmm. to go to this party and uh, their mom makes him take his sister. She doesn't really want to go, and he's basically just there to, like, hang out with this girl and smoke weed and have a good time, and, you know, we've got this 13-year-old sister just kind of tagging along, doesn't want to be there whatsoever, Um, and he kind of leaves her alone in this high school party, Um, and she finds herself like eating a cake and we know from previous scenes that she is allergic Mm -hmm. to nuts um and this cake is just literally full of walnuts like i think like 90 percent of the ingredients list is walnuts maybe (laughs) um but yeah um she has an allergic reaction Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry if I'm not explaining this super well. <laughs> I'm just oh, like, hey, this happens. Yeah. Um, she has an allergic reaction, and Peter, the brother, is super mega duper high and <laughs> has to drive her home or drive her to the hospital. Um, yeah, this is challenging. <laughs> um, he's driving like really, really fast. And he sees a deer in the road, swerves to avoid the deer, and Charlie, who's having this allergic reaction, has her head out the window um, and hits a telephone pole, which brings, I think, brings the entire movie this exact second to, like, an abrupt halt. Like, yes. there's so, like, the energy immediately is different, which, yes. of course. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And And I think, like, I don't, I don't know about you, but I think we experience it with him, not only because of the way that he reacts, but also, like, we were not expecting that in the movie. No. At all, especially from where it was to where it went. Yeah. Um, in a sense where, like, you know, Charlie is kind of acting a little strange, doing some, some creepy, yeah. creepy child stuff, you know, um, cutting heads off of pigeons. Yeah, whatever, seeing, like seeing ladies... Yeah with fires in the woods and yeah 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 so my expectation in a horror movie i guess is like i thought like a creepy child would contribute throughout and it's not that she doesn't contribute because like she is definitely a big part and the main character in ways because she is famous um yeah yeah oh, i didn't think she was gonna just like die me neither and i think that was kind of how you were supposed to feel because i i believe that the marketing and the trailers for when this movie came out made it seem like she was going to be like the creepy kid and that was going to be like what the movie was Mm -hmm. okay that that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah but i mean like even without seeing the trailer like Mm -hmm. i felt that way i'm like okay what is what is going on with her then it was like, bam, she's dead. And you're yeah. like, 
What? I, I feel like, um, so you know Scream? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was one of the first movies that kind of subverted expectations in the sense where we thought Drew Barrymore was going to be the lead and then she oh, yeah. immediately <laughs> and if you haven't seen Scream then I don't know what you're doing anyways yeah. what are you doing like, here? That's, not, that's not even <laughs> spoiler um, but yeah so it, it kind of I feel like I could put it on that one yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah. it's it's definitely uh, you're just like oh shit Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. Peter, in that moment, he, you know, slams the brakes. He knows already in his head what's happened, but he mm-hmm. cannot process what happened, how he contributed to what happened, and mm-hmm. or anything. So he just kind of, he won't look, because he knows what he's going to see when he looks, and he can't do it. He goes yeah. home, he locks the car up, he can't look, he can't talk to anybody, and he goes to bed and just waits until the morning. Because what do you do? Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. yeah, exactly. And um, so it's Alex Wolf, right? Is mm-hmm. that actor? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So his performance, like, I don't even know if it's a performance. I feel like he portrays PTSD like so well, and of course everyone reacts differently to to trauma stuff like that. But like, so I I I technically technically do have like PTSD, and I've like reacted in a very similar way. So like, mm-hmm. I ex- I knew exactly what he was feeling and and thinking, and like. Just like the the zone out, like I'm like I I understand and I'm so sorry. Like it was terrible because I felt so bad for him. Because how do you come back from that? Because you're gonna always feel like it's your fault, right? And and it's if not only yeah, it's not only you feeling like it's your fault. It's everyone around you feeling like it's your fault, whether they want to say it or not. Yeah, you know that like deep down, that's what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I I just think like this movie does a really good portrayal of of PTSD and, and trauma. And even when he's like at school and he's still like not really there or like when he's with his friends mm-hmm. and they're under the bleachers and he just breaks down, you know what I mean? Like you can't go back to the way that it was before. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there was a, a real split in the movie from before that happens and after. Like, it's a completely different feeling. Mm-hmm. And the characters um, are completely different in the way that they behave and speak to each other. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. 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 And Annie doesn't take it very well either. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she is an artist and she works on miniatures and kind of recreates these scenes, I think, to help process that trauma. Mm-hmm. But yeah, some of them, she's trying to like zoom out and look at it in a, what is it, like 
April view. Yeah, I think but... she says when she's making one of them and, and it, somebody comments on what she's doing, she's like, this is an objective view of what happened. Like, mm -hmm. she just sees it as like, this is what it is. And I'm just showing mm -hmm. people what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And she's going to, like, therapy uh, session. And first it was for the grandmother, her mother. And then it was like, oh, no, I'm here for my daughter now. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and we get, a, we get a lot of character development and progression at those meetings. Yeah, definitely. Uh, those meetings and um, I think, you know, the most, I think one of the most famous scenes from this movie is your very favorite, the dinner scenes. <laughs> yeah. Or the dinner scene. Because it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, it is really good. Um, where are we at? Um, oh gosh, this movie is so much. <laughs> I think I say that every time because I just don't even know where to like begin. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh yeah, one thing I do want to say before we move on, mm -hmm. um, when I talk to like the when. Charlie's having an like an anaphylactic reaction, mm -hmm. so I have a tree nut allergy, and I like have epipens and stuff. So like I, cheese feeling, and it's so uncomfortable. Like you don't have to understand to know that it's uncomfortable, but I'm just like that whole scene. I'm like, I know what's coming, but I don't want it to happen, and mm -hmm. it was just awful. Oh like, my gosh, I'm just sure it's like amped up symbol. so much by like having had experiences like that. Mm hmm yeah it's Ugh. terrible so just a little just a little note yeah yeah um so let's see um we kind of talked about how um annie the mother has had a lot of traumatic experiences throughout her life and it's all kind of topped off by charlie being i don't know she says being killed and yes but also no um it's hard yeah. to like say because because you can't really say it's like not she... an accident really yeah true she does say yes so oh god this is where the problem is <laughs> so i have so much to say i don't know where, where to even go um um but yeah so uh, when we were talking about she said her father had passed away and um she says her brother had um a mental health issue i don't remember what exactly she I had think said she said that he had schizophrenia okay and um, and had committed suicide because he yeah. felt that his mother was putting people inside him which is yes. something that she says that you kind of take for granted at first but then as we go on we'll see where You're that's like, like makes a little bit literally. more sense yeah um and so um, she has all this trauma and she sleepwalks mm -hmm. and we find out that she has a difficult relationship with her children because one of these times that she was sleepwalking, she had covered herself and her children in paint thinner. And when she woke up, she was right about to set all of them on fire and her mm -hmm. son had woken up and saw this and has never really truly forgiven her for that. Right. Um, so they have a difficult relationship to begin with. 
maybe not on the surface, but I think this kind of sets it off where he kind of has this feeling of like, well, I've never been what you wanted. I, I don't feel like you like me. And she, you know, doesn't see that incident as, you know, from the other side, she's like, it was not on purpose. Why can't he understand that? But also now that this has happened where he is like, this wasn't on purpose. Why don't you understand that? And she's on that other side. So they just, they're really clashing. And I think their relationship has suffered the most out of, out of everything. The dad, honestly, kind of a bystander. <laughs> he tries his best. Yeah, he tries okay. his best, but it's not good enough. <laughs> What is he supposed to do? Nothing. I, I don't know. He's just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Oh he, is, he has definitely a very different way, and I guess maybe some people would argue healthier way of dealing with things, but, you know, we're never really mm -hmm. seeing how he processes things because these two other people in his family are processing this in a very intense way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I think that was actually deliberate because if you think about the hereditary yeah aspect. he's not blood it's all related. on Annie's side yeah and I think if you put them side by side like he's definitely deals with things differently because he doesn't have like, this true trauma attached true, true. at least from like what we've gotten because we don't get to go really deep into his background yeah we don't really know much about him other than i think that he is a psychiatrist or in in some kind of doctoral position mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um yeah but yeah so i guess we can say like do we want to just talk about the dinner scene i guess sure. yeah we can do that cool. go ahead okay oh <laughs> uh, man why why are all horror movies just centered around dinner scenes like we saw this with texas chainsaw and we saw this pearl and just like it's it's very you know family structure and um so peter is literally just trying to like have a normal conversation and kind of like you know move on from everything but there's a giant elephant in the room and that is like the fact that Annie can't do that because, and I mean, the whole family can't do that because right. Charlie is not there, so it doesn't feel right. But the other kind of elephant in the room is like all oh, of these really difficult feelings um, that Annie has to process and that Peter has to process, especially those two, uh, because of what happened at the basement. And I think because Annie found yeah Charlie in the car too like that was another element of like she like they, i think they both have ptsd from oh, that definitely and, it, it's shocking to yeah. have been a part of it and it's shocking to have seen the aftermath and i mean i can't right you know you can't right. uh, and yeah. and especially because you know in her head she's probably like and she even says like you just went to sleep you just like came home you went to sleep how how could you mm -hmm. do that but like mm -hmm. how could you not do that <laughs> right right like what what would you do yeah what do you do there's there's no really like correct 
way, I guess, to yeah. respond when you're franchised. So. Yeah. Um, but oh, where do I start with this dinner scene? Like, she just... Unleashes. Breaks. <laughs> she breaks. And she... Yeah, she completely yells at Peter about, like, everything uh, about things being his fault kind of like she's she kind of paints it in that way maybe and i'll try to insert it in, in like, here <laughs> well you told me to bring her yeah you know yeah, yeah all this kind of teenagery thing to do <laughs> yeah well actually it's your fault i mean <laughs> don't you swear at me you little shit don't you ever raise your voice at me i am your mother do you understand all I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. So full of disdain and resentment and always so annoyed. Well, now your sister is dead. And I know you miss her. And I know it was an accident. And I know you're in pain. And I wish I could take that away for you. I wish I could shield you from the knowledge that you did what you did. But your sister is dead. She's gone forever. And what a waste. If it could have maybe brought us together or something. If you could have just said, I'm sorry, or faced up to what happened, maybe then we could do something with this. But you can't take responsibility for anything. So now I can't accept. And I can't forgive. Because... Because nobody admits anything they've done! <sighs> yeah, so... I, the performance, like, is just so good. Like, yeah. I... After that, that happened, and she's, like, screaming, I felt so scared and uncomfortable because she's at her breaking point, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what is she gonna do yeah. next? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. I, I do want to think that way, but like, you know, she's standing up, she's screaming, like, holy crap, this is the climax, like, what's going to happen? Um, it felt so real, and it felt so raw, and like, me and, me and my friends, when we were watching, we, were, we looked at each other, ouch. Like, yeah. She didn't have to, to do that, like, we understand that you're upset, but... Yeah, very, very hard, and... Um, yeah. And then amongst this time, you know, we said that Annie's, like, kind of playing with the idea of going back to group therapy, but now, because it's such a different situation, I think she's much more uncomfortable with doing that, because the feelings are very different. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but she's, like, kind of cornered while she's trying to decide if she wants to go or not by somebody else who is part of, part of the grief group. I don't know whether mm -hmm. she actually was or not. I don't I don't remember. Um Joni? Yeah. Joan, Joni. Yeah. Whichever. Whichever. Yeah. Um, but she's like, you know, I lost my son and my grandson to um mm -hmm. let's talk sometime. We'll, we'll figure it out, you know, I'm so sorry. And I yeah. think Annie sees this as like the first person who could maybe understand like the way that she feels because it wasn't just like somebody dying it was like mm -hmm. this shouldn't have happened and it happened right. kind of thing right um so this 
like looking back like that moment is so disturbing to me and and like so the scene that and i want to talk about the scenes that scare us the most too but like yeah. this kind of leads in to that that scene um is the fact that like these cult members or people you know just people prey on other people when they're in vulnerable states yeah um vulnerable mental states and like i feel like if you're going to take somebody's traumatized experience and then either manipulate them or like for your own gain or like you know any kind of sacrifice them um which is you know even in just like a a regular sense like oh i'm trying to sell you something like that is just evil to me yeah that is that is pure yeah to know um you know we'll get to this later but june is part of this big cult Mm -hmm. which is like the culmination of the movie or or whatever um but she is really truly just using like she knows exactly what happened to her and she knows exactly how this is going to go because as we'll talk about later everything is planned out in some way um yeah and she's just making annie part of her play kind Mm -hmm. of like annie might do to other people in her little art projects (laughs) yeah 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 Though it doesn't oh, okay. affect them in that way. Okay. But yeah. So, you want to talk about what happens with that, I guess? Because we're kind of working with two different storylines here. We're working with, like, the familial storyline and then, like, Annie doing mm-hmm. her th- kind of thing storyline. Mm-hmm. That's hard. I know. It's hard <laughs> to figure out where to go. <laughs> so, I guess, like... I, in my brain, in my little ADHD brain, this is going to bridge it together, but it might not bridge it together for you. It's okay. Um, I, I don't know, for other people, but basically, uh, so we have the film's title, Hereditary, right? and I feel like they could have really gone in the direction of, like, you know, does evil run the family, but also speak on mental illness in that way mm-hmm. and I am really 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 glad they didn't do that yeah. mm-hmm. um, it was actually really refreshing and in the beginning half you're, you're still kind of wondering you're like okay like Annie has this like weird background like had schizophrenia and other family members and her like struggle with mental illness and things like that so there is definitely those elements and in the beginning okay is this gonna be what it's gonna be about right um but then it we as a viewer like it feels like there's something more there's just like a bit to it than just that um and we later figure out that it's actually what's hereditary is like this passing down of payment. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I just, and, and, and like, so mental illness 
isn't really seen as like the bad what what's the bad thing is you know like yeah. how some horror movies portray it and like cause a lot of stigma especially with schizophrenia and bipolar and stuff. yeah and and i mean i think they yeah. also say that the the mother the one who passed away the grandmother she was diagnosed with did as well as yes. as that's what yes. they say um that's true yeah which is also not hugely stigmatized right um and so like I'm really glad the movie didn't say this is what the horror is, is like yeah. these things. Um, and it's like, no, it's actually, it's actually a demon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like an actual demon. But it's still like relatable because, you know, families have, well, some families have problems passed down mm-hmm. generationally. It does feel kind of like purpose of like you have to face your demons, but like in a literal way in this situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that definitely like makes that. sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. And then so. Yeah. So I mean I guess going back to like where the cult is. Hold on. I gotta get myself. <laughs> I'm so confused. Okay. So I liked that. Thank you. I appreciate I appreciated that. That was a good look on it because I felt like I was kind of thinking there, but I couldn't exactly put it into a way that made sense for me. So I like having heard that. <laughs> um, yeah, for some reason that that bridged the gap. No, yeah, no, that does I, that does. I didn't even think about thinking about how like you know families all have their demons but in this movie they actually do have their demons for real (laughs) literally um but yeah um so we've got Joni she's preying on this she um Annie eventually goes over there after having seen her in passing a few times and she's still struggling and not really finding a way to forgive peter or forgive that this happened or or move on in any way um she goes over there and Joni's like well actually i went to this spiritual um, some kind of get together gathering i don't know seance seance yes an an open seance and she says that i i contacted my grandson and i think i can show you how to contact your daughter and brings her through this whole ritual and Annie has no idea what's going on. It scares her and it freaks her out. But she is, you know, holding on to that hope that, like, oh, I can talk to my daughter again and maybe get some closure from this incident since I didn't get that, you know, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. also so evil. <laughs> it is. So, like, so that that right there is the scariest part for me because, and I, because like, I consider myself a witch right and the friends that I was watching with like um I think she considers herself like you know in that realm as well and so we were both like hell no you don't just you don't just you know invite whatever into your home without knowing a thing and like yeah we we both were like this is not gonna end well she's gonna invite something yeah like whatever words that she was enchanting i was like oh this is this is not right yeah she gives her a whole book and she's like 
You need all of your family there, especially your son, which I thought was like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what in the world? Like, at this moment, I'm still not knowing that, you know, they're trying to possess right. Peter. Right. right. But, it, but having like, known that, I paid a special attention to the fact that she was like, he needs to be there. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's weird that they have to be in the house. But I'm like, for some reason, in my brain, I was like, okay, I'll rationalize it with no explanation. Yeah. And, um, so she does this. I think this is now, yeah? Mm -hmm. She does it pretty much immediately after. Um, mm -hmm. she goes home, and she apparently tries it on her own, and then she gets her family to come in, and, you know, she's got Charlie's sketchbook, and all there's all these drawings of Peter with his eyes X'd out and crying and the book is flipping through and oh my gosh so much crazy stuff happens <laughs> it gets really yes. wild <laughs> um yeah she's you know Annie's contacted her it seems um mm -hmm. and things start Kind of moving around the room, airs moving through. Annie's talking, but she's talking as Charlie or with Charlie's voice, and you know, like she's scared. She doesn't know what's going on. Where is everybody? And this is very, very disturbing to Peter and mm. the dad, mostly to Peter though. Um, yeah, because wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, I I'm curious about your thoughts of like that in particular having seen it a second time where like charlie is kind of in annie's body for a moment because we know that they have to break down people in order to kind of like yeah possess them right mm -hmm. and it, it really felt like instead of annie talking for charlie or charlie talking through annie like literally you have charlie's voice right, right. and she's scared and she doesn't know what's going on like I don't know how that kind of plays in in your opinion and it's okay if you don't know yeah um, but like you know are Charlie and Payman two separate entities have like when when Payman was possessing Charlie was like in a shared body like how how can we explain So, that? I kind of feel like it was a shared thing, almost. Okay. So, like, I wasn't really sure about this, and to me it kind of felt like this was um, more of, like, a meta-horror element where we just needed, like, this scary thing to happen because it does kind of feel weird with the mm -hmm. rest of the movie. Like, the fact that she's talking through the mom. Um, yeah. I, th I think that payment is a part of Charlie, but I don't think that Charlie is, like, payment only. Right. You know, um, because yeah. if, so we know that, all right, this is going to be a lot, so this is, like, kind of take stuff from the end, um, but we can talk about that in a second, but I th feel that, um, Annie was talking about how she had this difficult relationship with her mother and she had no contact with her throughout her pregnancy and, um, like, Peter's birth and, like, early childhood. But then, uh, when she had Charlie, she decided to literally said, like, I let my mom have her. And mm -hmm. 
um, we kind of find out that she was even like sometimes breastfeeding Charlie. What is with the breastfeeding horror? I don't Just... know. There's a lot of it happening. <laughs> um, but <sighs> but from that, um, you know, we we find out later that like um, Ellen, the grandmother, she is like the leader of this cult. And they call her queen. So I'm assuming that, and with the comments that um, she was diagnosed with DID, I think that Payman was a part of her and was trying because she didn't have like the ideal, I don't know, this is just my reading of it. Because she didn't have like the ideal body for Payman, she was working to pass that down but because Peter was not available for whatever part of the ritual needed to take place when, like, a kid was born, um, mm -hmm. that Charlie was, like, what happened. Like, mm -hmm. because she got control of Charlie, she was able to, like, put that into place, and then everything mm -hmm. followed after that. Because we also know that her son, Annie's brother, had, you know, had stated that his mom was trying to put people into him. So I think she was trying to do the same thing. So in some way she has like control of payment. Now, whether that's like part of part of her or like she just somehow has this connection or contact, I don't know. Cause we don't know what's happened above her or anything. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So I think that that's where that goes. I don't even know where we started. <laughs> just cause I, I just needed to say that. Um, But yeah, so, like, I don't know that Charlie was, like, was payment or just had payment, like, with her, with mm -hmm. intentions of the cult always to put it into Peter. Mm -hmm. the, the, the just one thing that throws me off yeah. is, like, the end when, when Peter is... Oh, when they say they Charlie. Say True. And I'm like, that's the only thing where I'm like what and and i was like i just don't understand but yeah i didn't think about that I don't know. that's I don't interesting have to. yeah true. Like, i don't i don't know why <laughs> okay just one little like yeah detail that i'm like just the pieces aren't piecing you know yeah the pieces aren't piecing <laughs> so um i don't know if this is before or after because i my timelines get kind of jumbled with movies that there, it's like linear, but we're going from like character to character, location to location. Sometimes it's a little hard for me. Um, mm -hmm. Peter at some point is is in class, and um, oh, I didn't know this. Scene yeah, so here, here you tell, you tell, you tell. Oh no, no! So like, so there's like this reoccurring light that happens yeah. around Charlie. Like in the beginning, you're like, what the fuck is this? In the beginning, you're like, I have no idea what this is. And later on, we come to assume that it's like, like the soul of payment, something like that. Yeah. Something. <laughs> um, but yeah, Peter is sitting in class, and he kind of like looks over at this reflection, and the reflection is smiling, and he's not. It's just horrifying. Yeah. So, Good. And then all of a sudden he gets kind of possessed and his arms are like going up and like um, all. his face is like all distorted and then he just like 
dashes his face on the desk and yeah. his nose is bleeding and then like he stumbles backwards and I'm like I I just wonder if the actor like actually hurt accidentally yeah. hurt himself because I'm like there is no way that you could have done it that good and not accidentally like yeah it's wild and like um before this I kind of forgot about it but um another scene where he's at school uh you can see kind of Joni across the street and she's oh, chanting yeah. chanting these phrases and some of the words we've seen um like carved in different places of their house um mm -hmm. and she's kind of chanting it at him and he's looking around and nobody else seems to notice that this is happening at all like this is something that specifically he is like very dialed into and is specific yeah. to him because nobody around is like oh this weird lady is like screaming at us from across the street <laughs> yeah and and like i don't know if it was her and this particular time i think it happened twice or maybe it happened to charlie too i don't know there's like a ton of cult members. but at one point someone is, is like trying to exercise uh peter out of himself they're like get out peter and i'm like yeah yeah i think that's what i'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's like I don't want to say that it's funny, like, because it's disturbing, but well, it's also... It is kind of funny. The way she says it is funny. funny. <laughs> Get out! <laughs> but yeah, um, I do want to say something about that that I think is interesting. Um, so, a lot of the stuff that I got and, like, a good purchase point that I found for, like, working on some of the things that I've been saying. Um, I looked up the screenplay online because I, I like needed to kind of read dialogue versus um, hearing it and like organize some stuff just because sometimes it's too much. <laughs> um, and um, I found that the way they described Peter's face being in that scene after he's like injured himself and his face is kind of looking strange is the same way that they describe Charlie's um, dis dismembered head looking in that one shot that we get of it. So, like, her nose is, like, bashed in because of the pole. Her eyes are kind of, like, shut and bloodshot because of what happened. So I thought that that was really interesting. So in some way, he's kind of experiencing, like, Charlie's last moment, like, in himself, which I thought was like oh, yeah. really awesome. Oh my gosh, that's so cool! I I didn't know that, and that's like a huge like bulb moment for me. Yeah, but but like I don't know if this is a stretch or whatever, but like let's say you know Payton has possessed him for the moment. Mm -hmm. Like that's the last thing that Payton experienced. Yeah, so he's like. I don't know, that's why. Yeah, I thought that was very really interesting. Like and if, like, there are also, um, there's some, like, deleted scenes online, but the screenplay has all of those deleted scenes just written in them as part of the story, so you can see where they go. And I think it's, mm -hmm. like, pretty valuable to, like, deciphering some of this. Some of it is just kind of, like, filler, but some of it, I think, was, like, really interesting. So, like, um, let me see something... One thing that I have, um, there's a scene where Annie's working on her miniatures and Steve, the husband, sees one and um, it's Peter's body on his bed, but he doesn't have a head. 
and um, he just kind of looks at it, and then, like the scene ends. Just like mm-hmm. we see it, and it's kind of ominous because we're like, "Oh shit, another person doesn't have a head." This movie has so much head head things. Um, but in the screenplay, that scene is a little bit longer, and Steve says, "Oh, that's nice." And Annie's like, what are you talking about? And it seems that she didn't even put that there. It seems that she is also shocked by that being there. Um, and oh. he, and Steve says, I was wondering when Peter would get switched with Charlie. Which I thought was very interesting. Wait, Peter said that? No, Steve says that, the dad. Oh, about about that. the miniature where Peter doesn't have a head. And he goes, that's nice. And she's like, what? What are you talking about? And he goes, well, I was wondering when Peter would get switched with Charlie. Which I just thought was, like, very interesting. <laughs> but what does that mean? I know. Like, I can see why they cut it out. But, like, I thought it was interesting that, like, she... So, like, the implication, I think... I mean, it's not part of the movie, so, like, you know, this is all speculation because, obviously, it's not in there on purpose. But um, I think the implication is either, A, that she was not conscious, so she's, like, sleepwalking or something while she was making this and that, that ended up there, or, you know, some other weird thing happened where this is there and it's just more foreshadowing for what's to come. Um... But I thought that was interesting just to read, and also the scene is even longer, and she sees another one of her in an attic miniature where she's in her nightgown, and the front of it is covered with blood, and she's, like, holding her head in her hands, which I thought was interesting. So, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah, if you ever get, like, a couple hours and you just want to read the movie with some extra stuff, I think it's pretty interesting to do. Oh, yeah, (laughs) just some light reading. Yeah, just some light reading. (laughs) But, Um, yeah. I I like that because I think it ties in, like, the the dollhouse aspect because a lot of the shots are wide. Um, The house was built literally for the movie to be shot in a certain way, mm-hmm. to kind of, like, it all looks like a dollhouse. Um, so I I enjoyed how, like, the art imitated life and vice versa. Yeah. Um, it, it definitely plays into that, but, like, with, like, that one little scene that was cut out, I feel like kind of plays into it. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how I feel. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that that line that he said, like, I thought was yeah. cool. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But yeah, um, so after all of that happens, we've got, oh my gosh, so much is happening. <laughs> um, I think... This is kind of the time when Annie is starting to get a little bit freaked out and she's kind of trying to bring things back to Earth. Things are getting a little too weird and she's realizing that she's opened up a door that's causing a lot of harm. And she's scaring herself because she's begun sleepwalking again. She has this sleepwalking or sleepwalking dream like one slash the other, um, where she's talking to Peter and she says, like, I never wanted to be your mother. Um, 
I tried everything I could to not have you. Um, I didn't yeah. feel like your mother. And he's like, why? Like, what is the problem? And she says, like, I wanted to save you. And she, and he says, like, from what? And she doesn't really know even. Yeah. So I thought that that was interesting as well. Everything's so interesting to me. Um, <laughs> because I don't know if it means like she wanted to save him from her because she didn't think that she'd be a good mother or more broadly, somewhere deep down, she knows that something is wrong and she doesn't want him to suffer the fate that is so clearly designed for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, in my mind, when it comes to like, I feel like there's a lot of people that make decisions about like children that they do and don't want to bring into the world. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I think hereditary, like, there are some things that people act like they consider those things i guess mm -hmm. in in that decision uh, not saying that's wrong or right or whatever right it's just kind of like i didn't really put together until now yeah or you know kind of thinking like what she experienced throughout her childhood and she's like i don't want you to experience yeah those things yeah Exactly, exactly. Like, that's what. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. And she specifically wanted to keep me away from the mother. Yeah. The stuff that was going on. So. Yeah. Yeah. But um, she's kind of decided, like, we can't do this. She tries to burn Charlie's sketchbook, which is what she kind of like summoned whatever it is um to their home and she starts kind of catching on fire and she's like shit now we're connected um she finds i don't know when this happens but um she eventually goes up to the attic yeah. and she finds her mother's body there after yes. like months presumably yeah. um and it doesn't have a head, of course, yeah. and the symbol that we've been talking about is there. Um, mm -hmm. Her husband kind of doesn't believe her, and is like, whatever, I'll go check. And he sees it too, and he's like, what the fuck is happening? Um, and Annie's like, look, I can make this all stop, it's fine. Like, we'll just, you just throw the book into the fire, and it'll kill me, and then it's over. And he's like, I'm not gonna do this, you need to figure I need to figure something out for you like because he clearly does not believe anything that's happening and he thinks that she's just like suffering some kind of break and he wants to help mm -hmm. her through that and mm -hmm. she's like fuck it she just throws it into the fire and she's like ready to suffer and then Steve catches on fire instead <laughs> no oh my gosh this this part was so weak No matter who it was going to be, it was, like, heart-wrenching because, yeah. like, she prepped it so much. She's like, okay, you know, I love you, blah, 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 blah. Like, going to sacrifice herself and then, bam, like, again, your your ex expectations are subverted. And it's, yeah. Just kidding. It's this other person. And then she's like, oh, my God. So that's another, like, dramatic event that's happening that's breaking her down even more. 
Yeah. She's just... And I think this is, like, the kickoff kickoff for, like, everything else that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And then... <laughs> slow descent of this moment into, like... Now she can walk on walls and she can fly around. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? Yeah. So um, shortly, I mean, pretty shortly after this, I feel like um, Peter wakes up and you can see. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I hate this part. It's so gross. Um, Peter, I mean, um, Peter's like waking up. He hears the clicking noise uh, that Charlie makes. We didn't mention that, but. You know, which is such movie, a, you know. it's a great element. Yes. Yeah, sure. mm -hmm. um, he hears this noise and he's looking everywhere around, like, where is this noise coming from? And in the background, you can see Annie, his mom, kind of like on the wall, like just kind of hanging out, staring at him. And he doesn't see this. And then <laughs> so... uh, <laughs> I hate even thinking about what it looks like the next part. <laughs> but, oh, hold on. So like, so she's like, up in the corner, right? Yeah, she's full Spider-Man just... mode. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so creepy because she's not moving. Um, but what was worse was like like you're you're like because you heard the sound, you're like preparing of like, okay, something's gonna happen, someone is gonna be there or whatever. But if it wasn't for my friend who was like sitting beside me because I was watching it friends, so I didn't notice it at first. Oh. I just, oh my god, was that? And I was like, what? And then I noticed it. I was like, no. So it made it even worse than the fact that like, it took me a really long time. <laughs> to notice that she was up there. I hate... That somehow made it worse. Yeah. And then he kind of looks around and he still doesn't notice. But then she does like a weird... I don't know. She exits the room in a really weird way that I hate to like... The way it looks is just really gross to me. <laughs> it's very unnatural. Like exorcist type. Yeah, like. <laughs> Buttons breaking. And yeah. Um, and he hears a noise, so he goes downstairs. Piano's knocked over. <laughs> um, and we can see he's seeing his dad, you know, who's not on fire anymore but not alive now crispy yeah crispy. Cris crispy steve oh, no. <laughs> um and you can see annie again up on the ceiling up on the wall and um he's kind of hanging out i guess how do they how does he so eventually she ends up chasing him but i don't like remember what that transition is like yeah, because it all happened so fast. Yeah. I'm like, and I know you've seen it, like, a second time, but it's still, like, it's so, so surreal. Because, like, I'm like, I want to look, but I don't want to look. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, at, at some point, like, yeah, she just starts yeah, chasing she, him. Yeah, and he makes his way up to the attic because that's like the safest place i guess he pulls the ladder up and she like just starts banging her head on the attic door which is a very bad visual to see it's a good visual but it's bad for me yes. to see with my eyes <laughs> in a good way yeah in a good way um and he's so, like yeah mommy 
I know. Oh, so sad. Oh, I know. Whenever I hear, like, a grown teenage boy say that. Yeah. Like, you know, with your grown teenage teenager adult, it's just, like, heartbreaking, you know? Yeah. Um... Yeah, so, like, at first we actually, we just hear the banging, and then it's, like, a cut scene, so I think, like, in terms of audio, amazing. So you have the the reoccurring clicking noise, and then just, like, you hear things before you see them, Mm -hmm. and, like, you hear the banging, but, like, your brain doesn't process it. You're, like, you know it's Annie, but you don't know it's her head, and it's literally her head, Um, which is crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so, like, the audio is really unique for these scares, which I think makes them a little bit more disturbing. hmm Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, hearing it before, you're like, oh, she's just, like, knocking with her hand, but, no, no, it's that noggin. Knocking with the noggin. <laughs> That's how I'm gonna knock on my friend's doors from now on oh, there's no other way only if they have like a ring camera because otherwise you're just doing it for yourself <laughs> <laughs> um but peter's now in the attic and we can see like while this is happening while he's still kind of scared by you know the knocking you can see candles like around him so clearly something's going on up here because that's mm-hmm. not normal um and I think we see everything before he sees it. We've got these older people mostly, and they're all naked standing around. He's There's an older man who's naked, kind of creepily in the shadows, staring and smiling, which at the very beginning of the movie at the grandmother's funeral, this mm-hmm. same man is smiling in the very same way at Charlie, which is cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah cold member then yeah and um he sees this where his grandmother's body was which he didn't see he doesn't know that it was there um there's now just a um like a triangle and the picture of him with his eyes like taken out and candles around Mm -hmm. it as if they're doing some kind of ritual um on on him and um gosh as he's kind of staring at this again with audio you hear this sound that's like a sawing kind of yeah and it yeah like progressively gets faster and faster like a saw slash squelch yes yeah Yeah. a wet saw (laughs) a wet saw yeah um and you know slowly like really slowly we pan up and we see that the sound is Annie with a piano wire just sawing yep. her head off. And it, she's, and the expression on her face, like, I don't really know how to read, but it seems like she's, like, frightened by this. Like, she's not doing it because she wants to be. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Makes it more disturbing. Also, it's just so weird because, like, you know, she was outside of the attic. And yeah, also, now she's there. Not only is she in the attic, but she's sawing her head off in the air. Yeah, she's floating. Like she, she is floating in the air, like, wrapping this thing around her neck and, like, 
And you're like, what? You're you're just as disoriented. Yeah. As poor poor Peter. Poor is. Peter. Yeah. And you know, eventually she saws it, topples off. Head gone. Head count three. Three. <laughs> Um, they do have a lot of head counts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, and um, Peter jumps out the window because <laughs> he's really. mega, mega scared. Um, and we see that light again. And this time, instead of going towards something, this light goes directly into Peter. Mm -hmm. um, and Annie's headless body. <laughs> floats into Charlie's treehouse, which is, like, something that they keep returning to um, throughout the film. Different family members will sleep there or um, hang out there. And uh, it goes over there. Peter's body seems like it's kind of puppeteered almost up, and he walks up there as well. And um, we see this whole setup where this cult is bowing down towards, it's like a metal statue with Charlie's head on it, her actual real head, and a crown. And the grandmother and the mother are both kneeling towards the statue without their heads. And when Peter gets up there, they crown him. And they're basically like, hi, Charlie, you're payment now, one of the kings of hell. Welcome. We did it. Yep. Yay, we won. Finn. <laughs> we did the thing. Yeah. So and then it's over. Yeah. And you're like, what, what? happened? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, all of that, you know, that's a lot. And maybe we didn't say it all in the most concise and consecutive way. But hopefully you you know what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah. But I feel like now we can kind of like dig. <laughs> yes. Yeah, All right. So, um, let's see. I've said some of this already, so I won't say that again. Um, we were just talking about how um, I th I thought that um, you know Annie didn't let. Ellen, the grandmother near Peter when he was born, so she was unable to get payment into his body. And when she let her around Charlie, we're to believe that Charlie was kind of the new target for somewhere for this demon to go. Um, but because payment requires a male host, Charlie needed to die so that payment could move into another more desirable body. Which, um, the reason that I thought that maybe payment was with Ellen at first is because none of this really kicks off until she dies. So I think mm -hmm. that in some way Payman might have been trapped with her until her death, which is kind of like how everything else happens after. Okay. Um, whether that's like Payman is Ellen or they're just inhabiting the same body, whatever. Same with Charlie. Um, mm -hmm. And then... I said Steve's role is a bystander, and because he's kind of trying to put a stop to things that are happening, that's why he has to die. Um, okay. Just because um, I think that everything in this movie, everything that we witness, has been designed meticulously by this cult to happen in this exact way. How they mm -hmm. do that, mm -hmm. no idea. <laughs> but yeah. no matter what, 
Annie and her family were going to go through something related to payment. It doesn't matter how it happened. It was going to happen. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. It's like every, everything is curated by the cult. Um, and we find later, you know, like the accident was really planned, Mm -hmm. but there's just one like logical loophole for me that confuses me because I'm like, Okay, yes, you can you can plan the accident and put the deer there and everything, but but how do you plan Carly having an anaphylactic shot? So and having her directly stick her head out the window. I have, have I have well not an answer, but something that I thought was interesting. So another deleted scene that's that's um there or was there is that when they get to the party, Charlie is very, very hesitant to go inside. And Peter kind of has to convince her, like, you'll have fun, like, you'll hang out. And Charlie's like, I'll just stay out here and I'll wait till you're done and then we can go home. And um, an article I was reading about that scene specifically kind of theorized, like, what if Charlie, like the person Charlie, not the payment part of Charlie, like, knew that something was going to happen and was like, I'm not going. And so somehow some way this was also designed by them they knew like every event that was going to lead up so that this would happen perfectly the way that they wanted it to which i don't know but i just think that like having that extra knowledge in there i guess being a god of hell makes you clairvoyant i guess so i guess so um because you know when, when they pass by the telephone pole on their way to the party, that symbol is there. So obviously the telephone pole is going to be involved in some way. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. wild. It's almost like they're marking, like, marking it for death. Like, because mm-hmm. the only time we ever see it is like as a marking for something that is going to happen or has happened. Right. Except for like necklaces and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, I'm processing. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, also, um, I thought it was interesting that when um, after the funeral of the grandmother, after Ellen's funeral, Annie is kind of like looking through her stuff, and she pulls out a book called Spirituality, and there's a note in it that says, "Let me see. I gotta find it really quick. I have it in in my notes somewhere." She says, forgive me for all the things I couldn't tell you. Please don't hate me and try not to despair your losses. You will see in the end that they are worth it. Our sacrifices will pale next to the rewards. Which I thought, like, after knowing what's happened, I think that she's saying, forgive me for everything I couldn't tell you for what's already happened. Don't hate me and don't despair your losses. Her, Charlie, Steve, Peter, ultimately, because our sacrifices as a family are going to pale next to the rewards of having payment out in the world to do whatever their bidding is. I don't know. He's just mischief. I don't... Yeah. I just like how that note reads very differently with Mm. context of what's about to happen versus, like, not knowing that yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's true. Which also is what led me to believe that, like, everything is, like, they know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Um, Definitely, I feel like I, I don't know how they do it. I yeah. 
Like, I would love to. They do some <laughs> rituals or like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't know how they get into the house and get into the attic. Right. Yeah. They're all over There's that so house. They're, they're they've got words like... carved everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea, but, but I just, hey. I'm going to accept it. <laughs> um, let's see. What else? What else? What else? I think I just have like one more thing. Um, this thing was just like kind of funny-ish to me. It was like kind of like a meta foreshadowing or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so the first time that we're seeing a classroom scene, like Peter's classroom, the class is talking about a book that they're reading. And somebody says, the character refuses to look at all the signs that, they are, ha that are handed to him during the entire play. Which, here we go. <laughs> we're seeing all these signs, like these literal signs, these symbols throughout the whole movie. And you know, first watch, we don't really know what they're for. Second watch, yeah. all these symbols were here. All these signs were here. Maybe if, you know, they had the knowledge that we had, if they knew about the cult, if they knew about that stuff, maybe things wouldn't have happened the way that they did. But you never mm -hmm. know. Um, mm -hmm. And they also say that even if it is all inevitable, they are just pawns in this horrible, hopeless machine. Which, Damn. yeah, rough. <laughs> um, later on, in the classroom um i think this is when all that stuff happens to peter where he's like hurting his face and things um the class is again talking and the board says punishment brings wisdom which their family's mm -hmm. being punished to get the wisdom of payment um and the class is again speaking and the teacher or somebody else says a character's name um their murder was commanded by the gods so really they had no choice interesting yeah so, so um i just said it always has been and always will be <laughs> okay gotcha yeah that yeah okay yeah that makes sense and it's then, like destined to happen i guess yeah so i just thought all of that was like really interesting where like on my first watch all of that like didn't pop out to me and didn't really mean anything to me i'm just like oh they're just like talking about a book in class whatever and then the mm -hmm. second watch like I just thought that was like so awesome that mm -hmm. they like thought yeah. like that deeply to put that stuff in there. Yeah. I, um, I yeah. love that little Easter eggs and foreshadowing. Yes, it's which is like, what I love. Literally, all of these are right in front of your face, but you just didn't know. Exactly. Is, yeah. And even and even to the viewer, like, hello, we're telling you this whole entire time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, and then one more thing that's just interesting. Um, when we're looking at, um, there's a part where Annie goes to Joan's house when she's like suspicious of the ritual and she can't get in, but we kind of get a camera shot of what the inside of Joan's house is like. And we've got candles, we've got a triangle, that picture of Peter's in there, kind of like, like she has done a ritual on Peter or even like, I don't know if this is what it's implying but like when they were doing their ritual everything was under a tablecloth and this is without the tablecloth so i don't know if the ritual they were doing with annie there like was over top of this stuff or if this is just also here um, you know what i mean that's a good point and then also on the table is charlie's little pigeon head figure that she made her little toy that she made with yes. the pigeon head and that and then there's also 
two heads, one of a rat and one of a rabbit that are sitting in front of it, looking at that statue. And then in the back, there's bottle sculptures of the bottles like are like figures and they're kneeling towards it, which is exactly the setup of the final scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's like, Charlie was like baking these things because he or Payne and both of them kind of like proclaimed what was already going to happen. So that makes sense. But yeah. So like, we didn't want to go. Right. At the beginning of the movie, we see that Charlie's like making all of these toys and like, it's just like kind of something that she does. And she, um, um, in another like part in the screenplay, um, she's like in the tree house and in one of her boxes, she has the head of the squirrel and the head of the rat in the box. So like, it seems like she even was like, going to make this diorama but somebody ended up doing it for her like some part of her even if she didn't know like knew that this is what was going to be yeah it's so interesting and mm -hmm. i don't know if this connects in any way um but i remember like in the scene where pigeon hits the the oh, the window. classroom window? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't think that Charlie was surprised. Like, Charlie didn't even look. No, and also, that's, like, one of the instances that that light kind of, the light moves over towards there, and then the pigeon hits. Kind of like she was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It feels like she already knew that that was going to happen, or, like, I don't know, she just wasn't surprised at all and didn't have a reaction and marched right out there to take its little head too <laughs> yeah yep it's like i know what i have to do yeah yeah that's that's all i have but i felt like i felt really good picking it apart every time i thought about something else i was like ooh, gotta type it out gotta type it out and i felt good too because the only thing i really looked up was like um that one deleted scene thing and the rest of it i was like I felt good. <laughs> yeah, good, good. It's there's so much to pick apart. Yeah, it's a very like kind of like a puzzle of a movie. So if you've only seen it once and you want to watch it again, um, for you, Ruby, and anybody else, <laughs> like it is really fun to do if you want to like yeah. look for things that you didn't see before. I I would definitely love to do that. I love yeah. when movies do that. So. Yes, yes, I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> I like the little secrets yes little mm -hmm. easter eggs mm -hmm. little snails if you're in adventure time <laughs> but yeah. yeah wow yeah. how did how did you feel about it then um rating wise rating okay i'm gonna give it like eight and a half nine yeah out of ten i agree yeah. I think if I um, hadn't rewatched it, I would have given it a lower score just because mm -hmm. I don't remember feeling like extremely jazzed about it the first time I saw it. But after seeing mm -hmm. it the second time, I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Like, I, I really like it and I appreciate it being a super original movie. Yeah. I feel like a movie that's a 10 out of 10 for me is like one that I really one resonate with. And like, I love it. Like, when I get out of I absolutely love it, no question about it. You know, and 
and it doesn't even have to be a good movie. Yeah, no. <laughs> my, my ratings are a little weird. Like, they're not going to be the same as a professional critic. Like, no. Rotten Tomatoes or whatever. Because, like, I really like some cheesy horror. Some like, schlock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some stuff that maybe other people like, oh, that's garbage. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. All in all, like, the movie itself, like, I can't give it a lower score because it is just a good movie in general. Like, the writing, the acting, the cinematography, <laughs> all of it is just phenomenal. Yeah. So good. Very good. I, I fully agree. I enjoyed everything about it. The cinematography is great. And I don't know, just being able to, being able to pick it apart and like see it for all that it is, or at least all that I could find in it. I'm sure there's more that I didn't even like think about. It was just like so satisfying to me. That's what I love to do. And the fact that like so much was there to look at and like find out and make things make sense. I liked there was so much mm -hmm. intention behind what they did. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And also, um, if you are interested in the screenplay, it's super easy to find, but I'll put the link in the description of, of whatever, if you're listening to it, if you're watching, whatever. I'm so glad you brought that because I would have never. Yeah. And I got there by accident. I just didn't, I didn't want to have to like rewatch a, a scene. I just wanted to read it. And there was like a bunch of stuff that I don't, rem didn't remember watching. And I was like, oh shit, this is like before they made the movie. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I love, like, the t there's so many decisions that directors and writers and everyone makes mm -hmm. when they like the movie um, that it's just so interesting to see, like, what it was supposed to be or where it came from and, like, what actually ended up. Yeah. And I think it gives a lot of context too for like some of the things that are more puzzling. You can see where like the writer was coming from with those with those ideas. Mm -hmm. Like where they That's stemmed cool. from, which is cool. Yeah. 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 Well, Sorry I kind of took over there in the last half, but I was no. just so excited. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad we could speak. I more see related and knew about like, I liked the trauma aspect mm -hmm. and one like last little tip I'll say is like me and my friend after work we were done watching this movie we're like are we really messed up because we don't think it was like that disturbing <laughs> because um you know we've been so traumatized that like it was so relatable I, don't... <laughs> I love the peace signs you're like yeah <laughs> But, um, no, I, I really love, like, themes of trauma in movies and books and horror. And, like, I feel like this movie does it in the best way I've ever seen. Does it justice? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, the, the best. <laughs> and I can't ignore that. Um, so it's more like that, with the payment aspect and... Like, I liked the cult aspect, too. Um, but yeah. So, I I appreciate that you yeah. went so deep. 
Yeah, I appreciate. I like how we work together. <laughs> Very good. I I approach everything in my life like it's a little puzzle because that's how my silly little brain works. <laughs> you, you're Nancy Drew. Oh yeah, I'm a Nancy Drew queen. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like so... sidekick. <laughs> yes, not sidekick. Co-detective. <laughs> I'm like the Sherlock Holmes of like chaotic and <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah, you're Nancy Drew who makes sense and like solves the mystery. And I'm like, oh, there's this possibility that this thing could happen. I have a hunch. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's who we are. Yeah, but yeah, that was really fun, and and that was a uh, hereditary. Yeah, yeah. So. Stay spooky, Stay folks, spooky. and Desi, if you want to give them the spiel of where they can yeah, find yeah, us yeah. and all that. So, if you want to listen to the audio version, um, if you're not already doing that, you can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, um, or you can listen to it on our ACAST website, which I think is in the description. It's our distributor. Um, if you want to see the video version, you can look us up as Pinup Pumpkins Horror Podcast on YouTube. Um, we're on there. Super fun. You can see our lovely faces. Talk about this. <laughs> um, we're also on Discord if you're not yes. here with us already. On exactly. <laughs> we're also on Discord where we do this live whenever we do them, um, which hopefully will be more regular soon once life slows down a little bit. Um, and if you're here, you can join in and ask questions, participate, um, and then we do little prizes sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. So... With that, I hope we'll see you next time. Do we decide what we're doing next? Um, I think we're gonna do the Hellraiser. Yes. Hellraiser, the new Hellraiser. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think we're gonna do It Follows and Teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so much exciting stuff so to come. Much. <laughs> I'm so excited. Yeah. Hope you guys are too. Yeah. So yeah. thanks for listening or thanks for watching and we'll see slash speak to you next time. <laughs> All right, bye. bye. bye.